0: Hello and welcome to the Buddhist Recovery Network podcast. My name is Andrew, and today I'm very excited to be sharing with you a talk by Vimalasara. Before we get into that, we would like to announce our next academy. It will be hosted by Miyoki Shonen Barrett, the first Western woman and first African-American, Asian-American, to be ordained as a priest within the worldwide Nichiren order. Join Miyoki on Sunday, May 2nd at 1 p.m., where she will be presenting on changing poison into medicine and rebuilding our life by using the sufferings of addiction. We'd also like to announce that we are now hosting recovery meetings every Wednesday at 5.30 p.m. Pacific Time. And starting May 3rd, from Monday to Friday, we will be hosting a 40-minute morning meditation from 720 a.m. to 8 a.m. For all information, please go to Buddhistrecovery.org. Now, please enjoy this talk by Vimlasara.
1: The next person who is going to be speaking is Dr. Valerie Mason John, aka Vimlasara, aka such a soulful soulful human being, we go back a little ways too. So leaping forward a few years into my recovery, I went through a recovery school program. And what was awesome was they were also realizing this, the differences that people have in recovery. And so they had different groups and there was a group for black and mixed women. And she led that. And it was the first time being in recovery that I was in a space maybe with six other Women who were also black. And then it wasn't really until years later, this, this summer, that I got to have that experience as well. Um, so that's where we've been. And I've been watching her do her things and to get into what she's done. Uh, she is an award-winning author of nine books. Her most recent published this year is I Am Still Your Negro, an homage to James Baldwin. She is the co-author and co-founder of Eight-Step Recovery using Buddhist teachings to overcome addiction with meetings in several countries, so check it out. She is also the co-founder of Mindfulness-Based Addiction Recovery, an accredited four-week online program and the Train the Trainer program. And she is dedicating the rest of her life to the upliftment of black people and co-leads a healing circle for African descendant people on the last Sunday of every month with Insight LA. So like I said at the beginning, very, very busy women. For her discussion, Coming Home to Our Beautiful Bodies, she will be talking about the concept of nobody is home, the shaman's five questions, and the five basic needs of the heart. So,
2: uh, Thank you, Jocelyn. And I just want to say that um, for me, when you was in my group, just to have somebody reflect back my dark skin was healing. Yeah, very, very healing. Um, And thank you for my introduction and all the work that you do. So I'm going to begin with a track by Sweet Honey in the Rock. Just see it as as a meditation. Sometimes I feel like a motherless child, a parentless child. And sometimes I feel alone, a long way from home and home is in the body. And it's so difficult for us as black women, black people in the world to be home in the body, to even be home in the countries, in the diaspora. And I'm going to begin with a poem because one of the reasons why we are a long way from home is because is because of our historical trauma. I am Africa. I am Africa, polished by the Saharan sun, blue-black, red-black, brown-black, blonde-haired, blue-eyed, thick-lit, swinging in my hips, swimming in my jeans, ebonized like my Madagascar trees. I am Africa. A galaxy of 54 countries, nine territories, two disputed states, orating dialects of over 3,000 overtures. I am language literate, language articulate, laughing, drumming, dancing, acapella voices telling my story. I am Africa. Diamonds, bauxite, iron, shaken, taken from my red hot earth, blasted from my mountains, sold by the corporates, ransacked pillage, death, blood leach from my peoples. I am Africa, Africa. Pharaohs, gods, idols, kings, queens, pyramids, temples, dictators, child soldiers, rebels, Muslims, Christians, traditionals, amputation, starvation, ethnic cleansing, I am seeking reparations. I am Africa pillaged from my villages, chipped from my ancestral line, chained to my sisters and brothers, cattled and sardined as we journeyed the middle passage, dead and alive. We fashioned to fit into the colonizer's narcissistic mold. I am Africa. Desert, jungle, forest, mountain, ocean, urbanized, gentrified, petrified forest, a kingdom of nature, a safari of animals missing their ivory horns, skins. I am Africa, the mother of all peoples, the mother of all nations, birthing the first humanoid, civilizing the first society, robbed of my riches, compensated with poverty, famine, AIDS, infant mortality, war. I am Africa, Africa, Africa. What is there left to take? Africa, Africa, you can never take Africa because Africa is a spirit that always roams my continent. I am Africa, 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 Africa. Some of us can't even come home to Africa. Some of us don't even know who our grandfathers are or our great grandfathers or our grandmothers or our great grandmothers, because we were taken from our land. We are stateless indigenous people. And this is what we walk into the room with. We walk into the room with historical trauma. We walk into the room disembodied. We are not home in our bodies because of the trauma. And there are these questions that the shamans would ask. And in African culture, we had the shamans, we have the healers. And these questions, the first question would be, when did you stop singing? When did you stop singing? When someone called you a nigger? told you you were ugly and laughed at you because of your hair? Or for you white people, when did you stop singing? When you heard parents or white people insult insult black people? When you heard white people call us names? This is when I stopped singing. Sticks and stones. Sticks and stones did break my bones and words did always hurt me. My white mother told me never to moan. She was old and cold as stone. I was young and scared as she. Sticks and stones did break my bones. I had no friends, so played alone. I hated myself for being a adoptee. My white mother told me never to moan. A white child broke my jawbone. He pulled me down onto my knees. Sticks and stones did break my bones. One day I was found crying on my own. White children came over and pissed on me. My white mother told me never to moan. When there was blood on the curbstone, stone, my white mother tried to protect me. Sticks and stones did break my bones, but she still told me, never to moan. The second question the shaman would ask when somebody was brought to them who was spiritually, physically, mentally ill. And I would say that the vast majority of black people in the diaspora, the scattering of Africa in the US, in Canada, in Europe, in England, in Brazil, and many other places. We were scattered all over. We weren't colonized on our lands. We were taken. Our languages robbed from us. Yes, so many of us. That's the intergenerational trauma. Yeah. And they would ask, when did you stop dancing? When did you? stop dancing? When your white friend told you that they couldn't play with you because you were black? When your white friend started to call you names? When did we stop singing? When did we stop dancing? And for you white people, When did you stop dancing? When did you stop playing with black children? When did you start thinking, I am different from these black people? When did you stop? Think about it. Well, when I stopped singing My Father's Prayer. My Father, who art in the universe, what on earth is your name? Will you ever come? Thy will be home, dead or alive. Give me day or night your daily name, and I will forgive your sons, forgiving all those who have colluded with your sins. And lead me not into more unhappiness, but deliver me from this pain. For thou have the power and knowledge Forever and ever of all men. Are you aware that so many black families do not have the fathers there because they have been incarcerated? Black men are the most incarcerated race in the world, be they in prisons or in mental health institutions or living on the streets. And those black men are our brothers, are our sons, are our nephews, are our husbands. The next question is, when did you stop being enchanted by your own story? When did you stop being enchanted by your own story? When we as black people were made to feel inferior, when we as black people did not see our images represented in society, when we as black people were sitting at the same table as you white people, but we could not have a voice. When we as black people were sitting in the same rooms as you and we were told to be quiet, do not bring the topic of racism into the rooms of recovery, when did we stop being enchanted by our own story? And for you white people, when you were told you had white privilege, when you were told that you were part of the systemic racism, when did we stop being enchanted by our own stories and the third or the fourth question is when did we stop dwelling in the sweet territory, territory of silence when we heard our black brothers sons and daughters and sisters had been killed or maimed by the police when we wake up every morning and look at the news, and we hear that there's been another public lynching of a black person. Or for you white people, when did you stop dwelling in the sweet territory of silence? When you saw the uprisings in the streets, when you saw statues being toppled, statues being taken down, when you were asked to step down from your position because a black person needed to take that position. When did you stop dwelling in the sweet territory of silence? Another one bites the dust. Strobed red and blue, crazed and flooded by police light. She cradles her 18 year old son stiffening on her breasts, murdered by cops in a gunfight. Resisting wrongful arrest, she wails, my son is dead, not even old enough to graduate. Smothered, covered in his bloodshed, killed by fear and senseless hate. Collapses and uncontrollably blubbers, cradling, soothing, screaming, lifeless. Who cares? Just another black body dead in the gutter. One more death, corrupt and senseless. Another one bites the dust. And I add a fifth question as a healer, as a Buddhist teacher, as a shaman when did we stop breathing did you stop breathing as you heard me speak did you stop breathing when you heard sherry speak when did you stop breathing and this is how we come home to the body because when we stop breathing there's a restriction of air and we get activated and we get temporary brain damage and you, as white people, go into aversion. I'm not racist. What do you mean by white privilege? Can we have a conversation with you? And you stop listening. And we, as black people, stop breathing. Every time a police car passes by us, every time we see a policeman, We stop breathing. And we have to learn to come home to the body. And how do we do that? And we can begin to do that by cultivating the five basic needs of the heart. So let's just all take a moment to pause and to settle where you're sitting or standing. And begin to pay attention to your beautiful body. Each and every one of us has a beautiful body. It's just that sometimes people don't use their beautiful body in the most appropriate way, but we all have a beautiful body. So pay attention to it. Is a body experiencing restriction, tension? Is a body experiencing some expansion? And breathe. Allow yourself to breathe, to take the medicine of the breath, so you can come home to the body. Affection cultivating affection towards the self. Yes, really allow yourself to have the affection. For those of you who are black indigenous people of color, give yourself affection. Yes, really give yourself some kindness and love. And any, voice that's in your head saying, I don't deserve this. Just tell it to relax and give yourself affection. And those of you who are in white bodies, ask the guilt voices to step aside a moment. Ask the guilt voices to relax and give yourself some affection because guilt will get in the way of you turning towards this systemic racism in the world. Give yourself some affection. And appreciation, cultivating appreciation towards the self. Appreciate yourself for staying here and listening to us. Those of you who are black, indigenous, people of color, this has been a lot for you to hear. heard sherry you've heard jostling you've heard me you're gonna hear esther you're gonna hear taryn it's a lot and you've stayed and listened and you as white people who are still here you've stayed and listened you haven't run away so just give yourself some appreciation and now moving into acceptance just accepting what is, accepting the body that we came into the world with and knowing that we have different jobs to do. And you as white people, we cannot do this on our own. Harriet Tubman could not have led the slave revolt on her own. She had white people who helped We need you to turn away from the guilt and step into your power with acceptance. And we as black indigenous people of color who are here on the call, let go of the past and the future and just accept not resignation and accept the beautiful being that you are right here in this moment. And we just end with allowing, allowing anything to arise in your experience. Just taking a few seconds to touch in to your experience. Ashe, ahomea takwase. All my relations, blessings.
1: Mm. Thank you so much. That was that was powerful, powerful for powerful for everyone. Um, When did you stop breathing? I remember that is a question that you asked a lot in the group. I can think of the times too, that one of the harshest things someone had ever said to me, which I might share in the next meeting, that still sticks with me. And I also know that there's beautiful parts of me, but it's very hard, it's it's hard. I thank you so much for, for touching in on the ancestral trauma the generational trauma. you know, I, I play a lot in the spiritual mindset world and its I find it so interesting the amount of white spiritual teachers and, and healers and leaders who talk about this trauma, but then in the next breath, they're like, why can't black people get over their stuff? Um, it was really illuminating the differences. So thank you to speaking of that and that we all have it, um, that we all have different paths to walk, that we can all help each other, that we can all heal together. That's something I need to be reminded of Um, It was just so, it was so beautiful.
2: Hi, I'm Vimla Sara, President of the Buddhist Recovery Network. Our mission is to help promote the use of Buddhist teachings and practices to help people recover from the suffering caused by addictive and or compulsive behaviors. Our organization is a volunteer-run non-profit which has expenses. We offer three monthly live teachings on the academy, Free resources on our website and all our podcasts are free. We also organize a bi yearly summit where many of us come together. We rely on the generosity of you, our listeners, and our interviewees, in order to produce these offerings. We are asking you to donate to help with our expenses. Thank you. And to show our gratitude. For your support, all Patreon supporters will receive access to special guided meditations. To unlock these, please offer your support by going to patreon.com forward slash Buddhist Recovery Network. Again, patreon.com forward slash Buddhist Recovery Network. Thank you so much for your generosity. May all beings be free from the roots and the causes of suffering. May all beings be at
0: peace.